Hello and welcome to a very special episode of E3 Sense, a podcast celebrating the very finest video games. My name is Jonathan Dunn and I am joined, as always, by my childhood friend, Chris Dow. I reckon we're going to talk about some games today. And my adulthood friend, Minty Booth. I don't. And usually we are discussing our all-time top 100 video games. This week, however, we have a special episode dedicated to E3 2019. So we are recording this at the end of the week. That has been a week of announcements by various different video games companies and studios, etc., etc. And we have some thoughts, don't we, gentlemen? We have some thoughts. We do. Love them. Love having them. Can't get enough of them. For the sake of comfortable consumption, I've decided to split this into two sections. One is Nintendo, the other is not Nintendo. (laughs) So, first thing I saw coming out of E3 this year was the new Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order, which is made by EA, and I think they described it as Star Wars meets Metroid meets Dark Souls. They are three things that you are a big fan of. I like all three things. However, you know, as long as EA haven't, you know, rushed it out and left it incomplete like they are prone to do, then I think it could be an absolute banger. But I worry that it will be the case that it will be a bit rushed and it won't be as smooth as it could be. So it's obviously developed by Respawn and they made, what was it, Chris? Uh, I think they did Titanfall uh, and more recently Apex Legends, the the Fortnite copy. Uh, There we go. So, yes, they could be... I, I know that they're a good they're a good developer. So hopefully between the two of them they'll um uh, they'll have created a good game. Then I saw what else what else did I just I saw the Final Fantasy VII remake. Now I can't believe that that's the actual official name of the game. <laughs> I know that's what they they're plastering on the the faux box art at the moment, isn't it? It's absolutely it's ridiculous. Why call it that? To be fair, they're re they're re releasing and remastering every other game in the series, so I mm, I can see why they would do that. Actually, I didn't play Final Fantasy VII. I, I'm quite intrigued. I, I think if I'm I'm more, much more likely to play the remake than I am to to get the original port that's on the Switch at the moment and play through that because I would like to play play through it. I've seen the Advent Children film, which I liked. I know obviously it's a hugely popular and sort of groundbreaking game. And it would be nice to sort of get a glimpse of that, but... My concern for uh, the remake is it's going to take 500 years to make and release because even they've though they've set a date for, I think, next March, is it, for this first instalment? Something like that. In, in interviews, they're still like, we've no idea how many parts this is going to be. The first release in March is going to be essentially the first maybe quarter of what was the original game. Yeah. So I, I have no idea how they're actually planning this, if it's going to be like a an entire console generation is taken up with Final Fantasy VII games. But. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. And I, I, I've no idea what that's going to mean in terms of cost, because undoubtedly they'll they'll release it and it'll be like, they'll probably release it for 50 quid. And then you'll so the probably full, be able to... the full experience will be £300. Well, yeah, <laughs> and it won't surprise me, because they'll probably do like a season pass for like 79 <sighs> People will pay it, so why not charge them? Because that's people. <laughs> yeah. We deserve to be fleeced. Yeah. So I was watching the Microsoft press conference and there was obviously some some quite interesting stuff coming out of that. The main thing that they were obviously pimping was Cyberpunk 2077, which obviously looks incredible. It's it's funny because I'm sort of used to not caring about those types of games, like those huge yeah. like blockbuster games, because I'd never had a proper like current generation console. So it was weird of me to think, okay, yep, yeah, fine, 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 fine. Let's just move on to something that I can play. And it's like, oh no, no, I will be able to play this because I have a PS4. And 
I think yeah, I'm 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 certainly gonna gonna check it out, and I'm sure it's gonna get amazing reviews and and everything. But and I I shouldn't be I, I don't know I shouldn't be as bored by that as 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 I as I think I am. So it's like yeah, obviously it's gonna be amazing, but uh, hmm. I, I think the issue as well with with all these games is expect the Microsoft conference in, in particular. There was so much of the kind of the pre-rendered trailers, essentially, as if you were you were watching film trailers. Yeah. That in in the two-hour conference, there was maybe five minutes of gameplay footage spread across two hours. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and even something like this, which is going to be, like you say, a huge release, will sell millions. Will probably review really, really well. Who knows what it actually is outside of you know a, a CGI Keanu Reeves leaning in and saying, "Come on, let's go and have a laugh." Yeah, you know, exactly. There's, there's, no, there's not enough of what any of these games are yeah. to necessarily make me excited all the time. Yeah, that's, that's why I've, I've been totally ambivalent towards Death Stranding as well until I kind of know mm. actually what the game is that I'm going to play. I'm not going to be excited about it, you know. Yeah. Which is why, like, the game that made me most excited in the Microsoft event. Well, aside from Elden Ring, which obviously we saw nothing of apart from the fact that it's from Software and George R R Martin, and that was enough to. I mean, the thing is, I was, I was always going to sign up for it anyway because it's the next From Software game, and I'm sure that George R R Martin's involvement is going to have made it. To, to be honest, like I love, I love the world and the lore that is in the Dark Souls series and in Bloodborne, and not to devalue George R. R. Martin, but unless it was going to be Game of Thrones, I, I don't know if we're going to actually be able to see his impact on yeah. that game because they were doing amazing work as it is. I, I would worry as well that because they have a very uh, specific aesthetic and vision to, to how from software have been developing games for the last probably almost 10 years now yeah it, it's kind of having two very loud voices in one room it feels like yeah and i don't know how that will actually come across like it might be absolutely incredible but at the same time we know nothing as you say exactly <laughs> because the the reveal trailer was essentially just their names and some smoky stuff and going oh it's a game but to be honest the, the game that actually made me most intrigued was the little indie game that was mentioned 12 minutes i think that had already been revealed I was really, really intrigued by it. It had a really good aesthetic where it was all top down and you got the sense that this guy was being stuck in a time loop and I've no idea how that's going to play, but I think that's going to be something really, really good. But other than that, outside of Nintendo stuff, there wasn't a huge amount that got me that excited. I quite like the look of Gods and Monsters, the sort of Assassin's Creed meets Zelda. That was the Ubisoft conference they showed that, didn't Was they? it? I think so. Theirs was a very muted conference, I thought, the whole Ubisoft one. Yeah. Uh, aside from, like, a big chunk on Just Dance, which is amazingly coming out for the original Wii, uh, some, some, like, five, six years after its yeah. total, you know, it's not in production. You no, can't I know. buy a new console. It's, it reminded me of when I, when I used to work in game and even when we stopped selling PS2 games we would still get in the PS2 version of the latest FIFA game for years. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. How about you guys? What what else was there outside of Nintendo that piqued your interests? Pass. Chris? For me, outside of the, like you mentioned, the Nintendo one, which I'm sure we're going to talk on in a lot more detail, the only things that really stood out was Microsoft's utterly bizarre announcement that they were localising Fantasy Star Online 2 seven years after it's been relevant. Gosh, yeah. Which means nothing to a lot of people, I'm sure. But this is a game that essentially like walked over broken glass to play fully in Japanese on the, on the PS4. And it's just a really great free-to-play multiplayer online RPG. We, we had kind of like the up-and-down whirlwind of would it come to other consoles, would I have to en- end up buying an Xbox for one experience? But it has kind of dripped out now that it will make it to PS4 and Switch as well at some stage shortly afterwards. 
so all is well in the world and thanks for Microsoft to you know bringing it to our attention again yeah. and the only other thing that I, I always set aside time for or at least have the last couple of years the publishing company Limited Run Games who I buy a lot of physical games through always put aside and do their own kind of mini pre-recorded conference as well just to announce some of the stuff they're releasing the following year and for me because I hold off on so many digital purchases assuming that you know, a company like that will release something. That's like a real bounty to know where my money's going to go over the next 12 months. Yeah. Some of their big ones, like they're putting out Transistor. Uh, they're putting out a copy of, of Mist on the Switch that's getting ported at oh, some yeah. time soon. They're finally putting out a copy of Night in the Woods, a game I've wanted to play for years, but was convinced was going to get a, a box copy. They're putting out a version of Rogue Legacy, of Freedom Planet, like all, all these big names that I've I've been desperate to play, but kind of just just held back just in case. And they also announced this year they, they've partnered with Disney and LucasArts to, to re-release a lot of old Star Wars games, which is like a huge coup for them as like still what is a small company to be working on like reproduction N64 stuff, big box copies of old PC games that be modernised to work on, on current platforms. But there's, a, there's a lot of really good stuff coming out of those for, for people that like collecting stuff essentially so that that was a, a big big thing for me well i'm sure if limited run games could talk to you they would quote matthew twenty five twenty one and say well done my good and faithful servant <laughs> <laughs> i am i am spreading the word <laughs> so moving on to the nintendo direct the main event however they did start off from my point of view on a very dull note which was showing off the dragon quest the hero character <laughs> for super smash brothers i do take umbrage with with your i don't know you're always very down on dragon quest i've never played a dragon quest game outside of dragon warrior monsters so it, it, it's not a series that means anything to me yeah i mean for me either like other than playing the first game which i had on my list earlier the thing that makes it important, I think, just on a kind of a, a wider scale, is Smash Bros. now has brought together so many big franchises. And for Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest essentially built the Japanese RPG. Yeah. And and all these things, like, it, it's a big thing to have that then included with these other Nintendo characters and, and characters from other, other IPs. So I think for a lot of us here, we're sort of going, oh, you know, it's just that it's that game, isn't it, that no one really cares about. But in, in Japan, I think people would, would have, like, flipped tables over that sort of stuff. <laughs> like, the, the, this is, like, a huge, huge deal because it's, it's a series which has run for, you know, well over 30 years now yeah. to finally have, like, huge mainstream uh, worldwide representation. Yeah. So it might not have been as, as exciting as some other announcements in the Direct, certainly, but I think it was still a big deal that it's, it's now part of that universe. However, they then moved on to something that gave me a, a you know, certainly a lot more goosebumps mainly because it was so gosh darn spooky which was luigi's mansion 3 oh yes Ooh. green mario's property portfolio <laughs> it's a hotel now what were your thoughts minty as as the uh, the only person so far to talk extensively on luigi's mansion i love luigi's mansion this new game looks great one thing that i was pleased to see was the return of the multiplayer capabilities which were introduced in luigi's mansion 2 and they, they were, you know, they were good for a multiplayer option in a single player game. I think it's like you had to go up the tower with your friends and get all the ghosts. I imagine that you're pleased that it's back to one single building as opposed to Luigi's cul-de-sac. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. Luigi's Extended Housing Association. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't wait. I think it's going to be fantastic. They then moved on to, I think what could only be described as the biggest curveball of the Direct, which was the unveiling of the Dark Crystal tie-in <laughs> game, Dark Crystal Tactics. 
Yeah, why? <laughs> I, that's, I, yeah, I was like, why? I mean, it looks it looks like a good game. It looks like, to be fair, it looks like Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle reskinned with Dark Crystal characters. What looks bananas to me as well is that it's fully likely that we could get a tie-in game to the Netflix reboot of Dark Crystal and a tie-in game to Stranger Things, the third season, before before we get a Netflix app on the Switch at all. <laughs> that's yeah, that's very true. So goodness knows what's going to, uh, how that's going to, yeah, just, I mean, just goodness knows. <laughs> they then moved on to something that we obviously knew that there was going to be a big deal this direct, which was the Switch remake of The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Gorgeous. Oh, I feel so happy knowing that this is happening. <laughs> and I, so I refuse to watch any of the Treehouse gameplay coverage or anything like that, because I want as much yeah. of this experience to be a surprise, especially obviously going back into a game that I know like the back of my hand. They did obviously announce a, quite a big new feature that they, I think they skimmed over uh, because I think it's going to be something that proves to be quite deep, which was the dungeon creator. Yes. Super yeah. Zelda maker. From the looks of it, I think the way it's going to work is that when you complete a dungeon, you then unlock all of those rooms to build into your own custom dungeon. So I think that any custom dungeon you make will be purely built out of existing rooms from existing dungeons. But I'd be very surprised if they didn't have a whole load of wildcard tiles oh, yeah, that you can unlock yeah. as well. And and maybe even the ability to create a room from scratch. I don't know, but I can't wait. I think for anyone thinking that actually this game wasn't going to be a, a big sort of full game release because it's just a remake of a Game Boy game, you know, that feature alone has warranted an extra 10, 20 quid on its price tag. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it's the type of thing as well that could work really well. You know how um, Barney of Isaac has like daily runs that are then the same for all players? Yeah. I I can see it really going that way, almost as having, you know, approach it daily like a roguelike almost, that it's like get through as much of this dungeon as you can, leaderboards, rewards, or, you know, however they're going to play it. But I think it's very likely that it will tie into some sort of online or friends list capability as well. That's exactly what I thought when I saw it because I, I enjoyed the daily daily runs on uh, Binding of Isaac. I also really enjoyed in the daily runs on uh, on Dead Cells as well. I mean, the game didn't need to do anything. To be, without revealing the dungeon creator, I was still going to be there day one. With the dungeon yeah. creator, I'm there now just like clawing at the door. <laughs> and they didn't need to do more to convince me to buy it. And then they unveiled the limited editions. Oh, oh yeah. Bloody hell. Wowie. I mean, f*** me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to say as well, it's lovely for a change that the EU edition is so much nicer than what's been offered in America. We're getting that gorgeous Game Boy steelbook and the, the I, I mean, it just looks wonderful. I mean, I think my yeah. my friend Lewis summed it up best when he said, you know, Nintendo would save everyone a lot of time if they just mugged you at a cash point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's right. Bullets have left guns slower than me getting into game to pre-order everything. <laughs> And then they moved on to showing us the, is it the Trials of Mana remake? Is there a remake of Trials of Mana in addition to this yes. collection of Mana? By the sounds of it, yeah. Yeah, it's because they've already remade the first two. Okay. And it's the first time that third game's ever been localised as well. It never ah, left Japan. That's oh, nice. that's good. Well. The collection is, is quite nice as well because it's the first time you can play what is essentially the, the SNES release. Yeah. Uh, but with an English translation that is officially sanctioned rather than a, a fan-translated ROM. The next announcement was something that everyone was expecting. Now, this was the announcement of the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition port onto the Switch. Absolutely 
ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it is, for a start, it's an absolutely enormous game. There's something like 16 pieces of DLC, as well as two expansions. It's like a 60-gig game that they're going to compress onto a 32-gig card. And, I mean, yeah, obviously it's taking a significant graphical hit, not only in terms of resolution, running docks at 720p and handheld at 540p. And I, I watched some comparison videos of, you know, the, the sort of gameplay. And But to be fair, it looks... It, it looks and moves absolutely fine, very much in the way that Skyrim, yeah. you know, takes a takes a hit. It, it's something that no one was asking for, but <laughs> <laughs> and what I can only assume will take a colossal amount of effort, time, and money to do. Yeah. So just because I think just mainly because they can. This type of release, I always try and support, even if I don't have that much interest in the game, because it's it's just stupid. Like, I don't understand who sat down and went, these things won't mix, but we're going to mix them anyway. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Switch fundamentally is not powerful enough to run this sort of game. Yeah. So like you say, it's, it's going to take a big amount of work from the studio porting it that Nintendo must have had a hand. I'm, I'm sure they've given them like a, a good deal of money yeah. to, to secure this as a release because I can't imagine CD projects that, you know, the original developers would have been clamoring to put this, you know, big expensive release on a, on a much, much smaller handheld yeah very strange yeah all power to him i hope it does well so that we can get the first two on the switch as well maybe after the witcher 3 it moved on to something that i know minty's quite excited for so i'm going to hand over him to talk about fire emblem three houses yeah we certainly Ooh. got um, a little bit of uh, video about fire emblem three houses and it showed all the things that you can expect from such a game like fire emblem um three houses three houses in this game mm, yes it had fire. all the there was the Fire Emblem, I'm sure, will be making an appearance, as it does in most games. There were characters, um, some of them, I think they had weapons, maybe? And it was just really great to see Fire Emblem in a video from Nintendo about the games they're bringing out. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you've played a lot of Fire Emblem games, and so you know what you're going to be getting in for except it's mm. going to be threats and thrills exactly threats and thrills tnt mm. tits and teeth <laughs> <laughs> you know you're gonna buy it you know you're oh, gonna yeah, buy yeah. it and uh, i look forward to hearing your thoughts on that following on from that they then decided to announce that resident evil 5 and 6 are coming to the switch as well as all the other resident evil games so fair enough not bothered <laughs> i wasn't that bothered by those two games when they came out no. before because i know you love four but did you play much of five and six no i didn't play much of them five is very much four if it was co-op it, yeah. it's trying to really lean into the same kind of thing and six is just all out third person action it's, it's not a horror game anymore in, in any sense of the word yeah i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get that i'm probably not gonna get any of the other resident evil games on switch other than four anyway then they announced no more heroes three i'm quite excited for this i haven't played no more heroes one or two i mean the, the first two were, were quite good on the wii they're weird almost open world action games but they they lean very heavily into their sort of aesthetic it's, it's very much if you don't enjoy the kind of look and feel of the game you're going to hate it regardless of genre are they pseudo 51 games is that they are yeah so stuff like killer seven did he do that yeah yeah he did I, I think it's nice to to see just people trying something a little bit different so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it they then moved on to show what i think was possibly the worst i mean well certainly the worst game i saw at e3 and what looks like one of the most shockingly appalling games I've ever seen, which was Contra Rogue Corps. Oh, dear. It looks... Yeah. I mean, 
I, I don't know why they showed <laughs> gameplay of that because it looked abysmal. Utterly, utterly abysmal. Not even GameCube standard. No, it's ugly, isn't it? Really, really, really bad. Really bad. I think that what they should have done, because they then announced the Contra collection, which I think is going to be very exciting for a lot of people who are into Contra. Yeah. And I think they made, they made a real error not showing that first, getting people excited about why they like Contra and then dampening it. Uh, (laughs) because they might have had some residual spillover enthusiasm then. It it might be a game that ends up being better than we give it credit for now, but if if it looked as ropey as it did, I I, I really would, like you said, I would have done the Contra collection, said it's on the eShop now, off you go, have a great time, and then just shown maybe a logo and said, and a new new entry in the Contra series is in development. Yeah. And that would have been enough because, yeah, it looked like horseshit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. I mean, really bad. I mean... I'm not one to judge a game on graphics alone mm. at all because it's possible that it might play brilliantly. But It didn't look like it. It didn't look like it either. That's the thing. That's the thing. Speaking of which, a game that did look great but played really badly, in my opinion, was Damon X Machina. Oh, and yeah. I still don't give a shit about it. So... <laughs> I didn't play the demo. It was a bit ropey. It was, yeah, it was just ropey and rough and a bit boring, to be honest. Yeah. But then they did move on to show the first footage of something that I am very excited for, which is the remake of Panzer Dragoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? I absolutely lost my shit when they showed that. <laughs> and I, I'd forgotten that they had announced... They were remaking the first two quite a while ago, but I, you know, I hadn't heard anything about it since. And it's the sort of project where you think that's going to be amazing, but it's it feels so niche that it's probably just going to go away mm. as you know in the same sort of fanfare that it was announced, which was very little. But to show that off, it looked amazing. It looked lovely, yeah, and sounded amazing. I, I I absolutely can't wait. I mean, I know that we're not going to get a remake of Panzer Dragoon Saga. Unless Pandora, the remakes of 1 and 2, for some reason, do phenomenally well worldwide, yeah. we're not going to see a remake of Saga because it has to be remade from scratch. But it, it keeps that hope alive. Then moved on to talking about, again, something else that we knew they were going to mention. They only touched on this, uh, which was Pokemon Sword and Shield, because obviously they'd done a full Nintendo Direct just dedicated to it a few weeks prior. But yeah, me and Minty had been trying to steer clear of everything so that we could sort of go into this game with fresh eyes as much as possible, which I was totally committed to. Although, unfortunately, what I found was happening was inevitably on social media, I'd see little glimpses of things. Hmm. And as is the way with people, people were much more vocal about the bad things and the stuff they weren't happy with than stuff that was good. And so I was getting a very, very skewed perspective on how this game was shaping up because all I was hearing was people moaning about this or people moaning about that. Yeah. Which led to Minty cancelling his pre-order. Oh, that's a, that's a big step. So I decided to go back and watch the full Pokemon Direct because I was like, I want to be able to have a balanced view of this going in. And obviously some of the announcements they've, they've made about how they're not going to have all of the Pokemon in the game because there's too many. And they stripped out uh, Z moves and Mega Revolutions. And, and you know, to be fair, those were essentially gimmicks that made each of those games add a different dynamic to the, to the battles. But now they've got this Dynamax giant Pokemon to be the new thing. And, and 
yeah, I, I can I can see I can see the criticisms and I can I can make the criticisms. I mean, I I've I've been nursing a, a, a like a decade or a more long project of having one of every <laughs> single Pokemon in my Pokemon bank account, which then they announced Pokemon Home, and it seems weird that they were going to announce something like that where you could properly organize all of your Pokemon from all of the ga- all of the Pokemon games, but then they announced this game where you can't actually do anything with that. And that's that's a, it's a bit strange. So I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that, to be honest. Having said that, going back and watching the Pokemon Direct, there was a lot of stuff that I, I, it did get me excited. Mainly the the main open world area and showing the features of that, where it did show the return of Pokemon that you see in the wild. Oh, lovely! Real sort of changing, evolving landscape and ecology, depending on the time of day and the weather. It very much looked like how Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is with with that, where you're seeing actually proper animal behaviour from these things and it changing and evolving and it's going to be different every day. And that was really, really exciting. And you can control the camera in full 3D as well, which is a first for mm. a Pokemon game. I think what was always going to be an issue, because this is the first game on a completely new platform, you know, it's followed the same handheld format now for its entire run outside of like the spin-offs on the GameCube and stuff. It might be that we have a year like this where there are these teething problems where it's like, you know, not everything's in it. There's bits we've had to take out. We've had to reduce the, the Pokedex and whatever. And it could be that then whatever the next pair of games is in a, in a couple of years could be when these things start filtering back in. So it could be like a stepping stone release in that sense. Mm. The sentiment that I got sort of looking over the direct and looking at people's reaction to it, I think this the news that the national decks wasn't happening it seemed like the straw that broke the camel's back for many people because they realized that the series as a whole has essentially stagnated for a good few generations now i mean it hasn't done anything new no really no it's it's like oh we, we, we're getting a new battle mechanic where everything's like massive and has a halo of turds like what does that <laughs> big boys <laughs> like big boys yeah like <laughs> for me it seems like the focus is on those new sort of quirky gimmick mechanics and instead of like pushing the series ahead as a uh, as a whole like it seemed like the console and the power the relative like jump in power from the handhelds to the switch even though it is basically a, a souped up portable console it seemed like there was a lot more stuff like a lot more resource to be able to make it like a really strong home console game instead of just oh Everything just has a, like a little bit of polish. It seems a shame because actually, with the where Nintendo are at with their success with the Switch and everything, they could have got away with taking risks mm. with this. And like I think I said to you guys earlier in the week, I would rather that they didn't have a hundred new Pokemon and all of the national decks was in there. Oh yeah. Because to yeah. be honest, I agree that it has stagnated in terms of the format of it. That's why I, I really liked what Sun and Moon did in terms of shaking the format up in terms of gyms and stuff. But you still had the same three starters. It still followed a lot of the similar sort of beats. But I really did think that that was, that was a good stepping it was stone a good to something. Step forward. I think people have highlighted other starter combos that would work in terms of like ghost poison and bug or something or even just like you know one of every type and then your rival picks the one that's strong against it yeah exactly yeah why not Hmm. why not 
It doesn't have to be a why not, does it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, uh, why did that Pokemon get made? Yeah, and I, from footage, I see that that is one that has made it into... Why did that Pokemon make it in? Exactly. Oy and because I, I was looking at that now, now looking through the trailers, thinking like, okay, that got in, but now if Articuno's not in there, I'm going to be livid. Hmm. Where's Pseudo-Widow? Exactly, if Pseudo-Widow's not in there, and Quagsire is... I'm going to town, I'm, I'm going to fly to Kyoto and, and full-on riot if Cedo Widow doesn't make an appearance. Absolutely. Just shoals of love disc circling mm. spaces where Kyogre should be. Yeah. I'll be very upset. The thing that I did like from the from the direct, I like the ending cinematic of the two new legendaries. Mm, yeah. What's it? Like the big shield, sh- shield face. Shield, shield face and sword mouth shield face and sword mouth yeah so that was that was the best thing that i took away from it sorry you don't need to apologize minty you haven't done anything wrong moving on from pokemon they then went back to a game that they announced a little while ago which is astral chain which is a game that i i'm actually really quite excited about Mm. it's a platinum game isn't it yeah that's right it doesn't look like a traditional platinum game as it looks more like a sort of halfway between like Bayonetta and Xenoblade in terms of its gameplay mechanic it seems more strategic than just kind of the button bashing uh, elements of like Bayonetta and stuff and it's I'm really looking forward to it Empire of Sin some gangster game not bothered it's being made by uh, John Romero and his wife is it really uh, Brenda Romero who yeah John Romero did do I didn't know that yeah yeah I think that's the first game they're releasing as as a new husband and wife team because they both worked in the industry for years and this is the first sort of co-developed project and a very weird one to come out of it but well in which case I retract my previous sentiment uh, and I'll say (laughs) a gangster game this could be interesting yeah (laughs) there we go fixed they then moved on to Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which is obviously quite a big Switch exclusive. Yeah. One of the games that we, we didn't mention was the Square Enix Marvel Avengers game that was also unveiled, which, yeah, uh, yeah I, that was the general consensus, I think, of the internet. And I think a lot more people are excited about this from the sounds of it. I think the issue with the, the Square Enix one is that people now are so... Their opinions are coloured by the, the cinematic universe. Yeah. And whereas the, the Switch game, the Ultimate Alliance, it's very much like this is a comic storyline this is this is stuffing you know it's coming out of that world these alliances are different these characters are different and the the avengers game for square enix is close enough to the cinematic universe that all people can think about is that doesn't look like the people it's supposed to yeah exactly it's always going to have that sort of comparison that people are like well that's not robert downey jr robert dobbert jobbert might be great might be shit don't care really (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to something you might care about, Cadence of Hyrule, the Crypt of the Necrodancer yes. Legend of Zelda crossover, which has been released already, and I, I haven't had a chance to play it. Have you, have you guys had a chance to play it? I know the reviews have been superb for it. It's, it's on my list for, for some point. Is it a rhythm game? It looks like a rhythm game, which is why I probably won't play it, because as we know, my sense of rhythm can only be described as uh, disabled. I've got Crypt of the Necrodancer on Switch. I couldn't quite get into it because it's such a different control scheme and gameplay mechanic than anything I've played before and I didn't quite have the patience to get to grips with it not that I was like oh, I'm never playing this because I, I'd like to go back to it at some point and I think actually Cadence of Hyrule might be the thing that allows me to yeah. get into Crypt of the Necrodancer because <laughs> I think I'm more likely to to put some time into into Cadence of Hyrule which mm. Nintendo Life have described as not just a great game but a great Zelda game if, if anyone's listening to this and thinking they want to at least see what it's like I think Crypt of the ne- Necrodancer on Switch at the moment is about £3 so it's, it's a good time to jump in give it a play at least and, and see if you think that's a format you might be into mario and sonic at the olympics love it 
<laughs> I've only played one of the games in this series. It was just a really stupid mini game collection. Like, who knows if the series got better over the years? Uh, it's it's odd that it's still going, but I'm sure it's fine. I mean, I saw it, and and to be honest, like it did. It may it makes me smile because I'm I still remember when it was announced that Mario and Sonic were in a game together, and that was a that was like an amazing groundbreaking moment. But also because it reminded me of Athlete Kings, which is yeah. I've always enjoyed Athletics games simply because it is a tried and tested mini game collection. Yeah, dressed up as something realistic ish but obviously not in the case of Mario and Sonic probably I think it could be a laugh I, you know it's the type of thing if you're playing with a group it's, it's probably good fun and to be honest if it came out and it was like 20 quid I'd buy it oh, I, I'm not going to pay 50 quid for it oh after this they then went on to talk about something that I know actually none of us actually care about at all so we can just skip over this it was some game about some uh, animals on an island or something about I don't know I don't know Obviously, this is Animal Crossing New Horizons, and it looks obviously absolutely wonderful. It's nice to see that they are pushing the series in a slightly different direction. So instead of yep. just having a town that you're looking after, you are on a deserted island and you are establishing more of a kind of a, a community and a settlement. And there's obviously a huge element of crafting that's been brought in, which was, was you know, has been sort of there in smaller ways in previous entries yeah. in the series, but is obviously going to be a main sort of focus of this one. And obviously it just looks utterly utterly wonderful seeing it in in proper hd is is beautiful it is and just that yeah the little animation details and stuff oh it's, just... it's such a simple art style yeah that it can scale infinitely playing it back in the ds which was obviously much uh, crunchier i suppose you could say less rounded <laughs> edges <laughs> was still fantastic through to the 3ds through yeah. obviously now to the switch and yeah i'm i'm thoroughly thoroughly looking forward to it don't mind a delay you know if, if it's going to make a better game at the end of it I'm perfectly happy. Something that I was oh, I was so happy to read was Nintendo released the statement saying that yet yeah, the game needed more work and they weren't willing to compromise their employees' work-life balance to get that. And if that's not the most Animal Crossing thing ever, I don't know what is. I love it. And uh, and also I think that that is such an admirable thing to employ in the way you work because I think it's something that's massively overlooked in uh, in a lot of establishments. Yeah. This was the point in the direct where they then showed a highlight reel of a whole load of other games that some of which had been announced some of which hadn't been announced some of which we knew were coming sort of but hadn't been confirmed so i'm just going to rattle through this list so they showed spyro reignited trilogy hollow knight silk song nino cooney minecraft dungeons elder scrolls blades doom eternal the sinking city wolfenstein youngblood dead by daylight alien isolation final fantasy crystal chronicles remastered edition dragon quest builders 2 stranger things 3 the game Catan, new super lucky's tale dauntless and super mario maker 2 Ah. what what's impressive is that within that there's loads of really good games yeah and and i think it says a lot about how good their direct showing was that they could skim through almost 20 games in a minute and a half giving no attention to stuff like for something like alien isolation to get a port yeah. to the Switch is, is a really big deal. Yeah. And, and they dropped it in just like literally at one and a half seconds worth of footage to say, oh yeah, we're doing that by the way. Yeah. I, I think they're in a very, very strong position. Even stuff like Doom and Wolfenstein, they were just like, yep, yeah, obviously we've got that coming, yeah. we've got that coming. I mean, the game out of all of that that I'm most excited about is Nino Cooney finally coming to a console yeah. that I have and I can't wait. Uh, unfortunately, it is coming out the same day as Link's Awakening, so it's going to, it's going to, 
you know, take a back seat. That's, that's going to be a, a busy few you have weeks. have to go to game with something <laughs> that has two pockets. Nino Kuni will fit the Switch amazingly well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it really will. And I'm so torn about where I want to buy this, this remaster on. Because I've got like a big box PS3 version from the original game that came with like a full book and all the stuff that was kind of connected to the world. I have the second game in a similar big box edition for the PS4. So part of me is like, well, it'd be nice to have it on the PS4 next to, you know, the other game. But I'm not going to play it on the PS4. Like it would just sit on the shelf. And the Switch, I think I'd actually have a half decent stab at, at playing through it again. You're going to have to double dip immediately. I, th- I really think it will be a case of I might buy a big collector's set initially on the ps4 maybe and then wait for the switch ones to drop a bit in price for a standard edition yeah because otherwise yeah I'll, I'll, i don't know i have a sickness <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was nice to see some significant coverage of super mario maker 2 uh, not just in the direct but in the pre-direct event world championships getting to show off some of the the new features of the game and i i must say i'm i'm so excited yeah I can't it's only wait. a couple, couple of weeks away now and i i absolutely can't wait some of the multiplayer elements looked phenomenal the fact that you know because i've i've played a couple of cooperative puzzle platform games like box boy and stuff like that where it's really it's, it is a different way of thinking and having that in mario is a huge game changer for all kinds of puzzle and design options and stuff like that and mm. i think that it's going to be it's just going to be so good and i've already got some ideas of courses that i want to make and everything and, we'll, we'll yeah. have to start sharing them on our facebook group and definitely have, have a few people get involved so then they finally moved on to the the last official announcement, which was the reveal of Banjo-Kazooie and Super Smash Brothers. And I want to give huge credit to the Duck Hunt duo fake-out reveal that they did yeah. in that video, which was which genuinely made me laugh. <laughs> Mainly because I, I've never had an N64 and I've never played Banjo-Kazooie. So even though I knew that that's what they were setting up, I, I didn't really mind. And <laughs> so the Duck Hunt duo fake-out for me was very, very funny. I'm sure that there were people that were genuinely just like angry when that happened, <laughs> even if just for a few seconds. And uh, that also made me laugh. Just a worldwide ripple of angry assholes puckering. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the footage of uh, the New York Nintendo store watching the, the direct for that part? Yes, I have. Yeah, <laughs> joy. I, I really love like when they finally do the proper announcement after the fake out. There's just one guy in the crowd. You hear shout, holy shit! <laughs> at the top of his voice. <laughs> I, I love seeing how much people care about that sort of stuff, even yeah. if it's something that I'm not as invested in. What's really lovely as well is that for that, you know, the reveal animations they've been doing for, for Smash Bros for years, now have always been top tier animation yeah and and this one to include obviously the, the donkey kong gang being sort of reunited with banjo because banjo started in diddy kong racing oh really yeah you know he he is in that world he's officially canonically part of the donkey kong universe i didn't know that and it, it's such a like little small nod because i don't think many people do that it's like the, the gang's reunited and it was just another really nice touch that is lovely so with that announcement they then did the classic oh Columbo one more thing and showed just a little video about a sequel to Breath of the Wild with Crispy Ganondorf yeah. just a, ca- a casual sequel to one of the best games ever made yeah exactly yeah. with uh, some sort of Ganondorf shaped kebab in the bottom of a pit <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah I mean obviously everyone lost their mind uh, watching that don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled that there's going to be another Zelda game. I would have put money on Nintendo making another Zelda game at some point, so it wasn't a huge surprise. Mm. I think it was more of a surprise that it was going to be a direct sequel. Yeah. But 
in terms of Nintendo's history with doing direct sequels to Zelda games, the only real comparison you can draw is with, of course, uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure, Adventure of Link. Of Link yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, with um, uh, Majora's Mask obviously being a sequel to Ocarina of Time, where they yeah. took something that was incredibly well received very well established a great sort of template of what to do next and turned it on its head in a way that was i mean still i can't believe they did because mm. it's so avant-garde <laughs> you're right you're right it's so weird and i love it for that and i'm, I'm really hoping that they do the same sort of thing with uh, with this i mean comparisons that were drawn obviously immediately simply because it was a bit spooky and a bit dark and they were like oh it's the much darker grittier sequel it's the dark knight of the <laughs> zelda series I, I want them to go down this this weird route like they did with majora's mask yeah because Bre- breath of the wild in itself was such a departure from what had become the the zelda template yeah and, and like you were talking earlier about pokemon pokemon should be doing that with the switch as well we, yeah. we should have something different in the same way that breath of the wild and mario odyssey both changed up their formulas quite a lot to be something quite new and different yeah but yeah i think i think they should, they should go full-on weird you know ex- explore a different part of the hyrule they showed us in breath of, breath of the wild so obviously we don't like to be negative here on our three cents but we will be just 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 very briefly what was your disappointment of, of something that maybe was announced that you weren't happy with or that that wasn't covered or wasn't featured that you wish was there well given the the news earlier this year the metroid prime forwards completely restarted development it was obviously it was not going to be there but it's still a bit sad that it wasn't yeah i mean for me there was one glaring omission certainly the nintendo direct that i was i was so sure we were going to get some more information on Mm. and hopefully i was really hoping for a release date on that because it's something i've been looking forward to ever since it's been announced which is of course untitled goose game oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that that didn't get shown on any conference did it no it didn't and i was really i'm really hoping that we get some news on that soon I think overall, I, I was quite happy with the, the, the Nintendo stuff. Other than obviously Animal Crossing getting pushed back is is sad, but not the end of the world. But I think what I was genuinely a bit disheartened by was they showed off um, Halo Infinite in the in the Microsoft conference, and I've wanted for years for Halo to do something that made me interested again. Yeah, and again, it was a it was a huge cinematic reveal. No gameplay, no no interest whatsoever. It's going to launch on the Xbox One and whatever the the sequel console is, whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, uh, and it it just did nothing for me at all. But it can't do what I, I liked. What Breath of the Wild did, which was just I mean, to be honest, even if they'd have just showed the end slide on its own, saying sequel to breath of the wild is in development that would have got you know (laughs) that would have got a huge reaction and that's all that that halo infinite movie was because until you know what the game's going to be like you're not going to get excited about it i think overall the disappointment was like we've already mentioned this idea that e3 outside of nintendo is not really about showcasing what games you're going to be playing it's just showcasing what trailers you you know you might be watching in advance yeah It's, it's just not seeing enough of what you know the thing is that we want to be doing yeah and i guess maybe there's always that issue because of how games are an interactive thing that it's hard to show that unless you're on the show floor playing them yeah i'd totally forgotten that they'd announced the successor to the xbox one i think microsoft have done a lot the last few years to kind of bring back a lot of goodwill that they lost at the beginning of the xbox one 
console generation. They've done great stuff with backwards compatibility. It looks like they're committing to kind of pushing all that forwards into the next console. So you'll essentially be able to play a good handful of original Xbox 360 and Xbox One stuff on this new console, which is great. Like, you know, for someone who likes to collect this stuff and, and have a library, it's fantastic. But at the same time, until they actually say, here's the actual console, this is something it's running. It's like, it's all, you know, we knew there was going to be a successor. Yeah. So to, to have some people go, oh yeah, it's always it, oh, big, it's good. Oh, it's successing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on to one more positive vibe to end on. Guys, what are the top three games that you're most excited about from this E3? Minty. Luigi's Mansion 3, Breath of the Wild 2, Puzzle and Dragon's Gold. Chris. I think it would have to be Animal Crossing, probably Fancy Star, and I don't know, maybe just uh, the pile of physical stuff that Limited Run released. For me, uh, it's Link's Awakening, Animal Crossing, and probably Panzer Dragoon, I think. Yeah, solid. So there we have it. That is it for this special episode of Our Three Cents. If you've enjoyed this episode, or if indeed you've enjoyed any of our episodes, then please do leave us a review, like us, subscribe to us, share us on social media. You can find us on Facebook if you search for Our Three Cents, or you can reach out to us individually. On Twitter, I am at Jonathan Dunn. I am at Chaz underscore Hodges. I am at Minty Booth, but I might as well not be. And please do join us next week as we continue in our countdown with our 75th favourite video games of all time. Good night. That is a big number. (laughs) 